Welcome to selfdiscoverywisdom.com, formerly known as Self Discovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Michael J. Goldrich, and we're going to be talking about wearing too many hats and too little time, productivity reimagined with the AI personas. Now, I actually am really loving AI. I know most people are running from it, but um, I always look upon it as a good tool. And he says, uh, don't be left behind in the rapidly accelerating world of AI. Seize the reins of innovation. The too many hats, too little time emerges from reality we all face, juggling, multiplying roles with limited hours in the day. So can I relate to that? The guide serves as a comprehensive introduction to generative AI uh, prom- uh, prompting, yet it also includes uh, integrate techni- the technologies or techniques for experienced users. Uh, it's a crucial book, playbook in the era where mastering AI and promoting AI automation is just an advantage. It's essential for keeping pace. It's a guiding light for anyone feeling the pressure of the modern professional landscape where virtual assistants and AI agents are not just tools, but necessities. And I certainly, certainly, certainly can relate to all of that. This is so needed at this present moment. The AI is a massive topic going everywhere. I do use it. I really like it. And as I say with anything, you can get behind the wheel of a car and it can become a weapon or it can get you from A to B. It's all a question of how we use something. And if you're using something ethically for for the greater good, then it's going to be advantageous. There are always going to be those that will look to using it in the wrong way. And we just have to accept that and concentrate on how we can use it in our business. But it most certainly is something that's here to stay and here to grow. And if we could get out of our fear, which let's talk about the fear because it is valid in some ways. But if we can get out of our fear and really look at how to use it properly and integrate it into our business, it could take quite a few hats off our shoulders, couldn't it? I certainly could. And I, I think actually there are two things. There's fear and there's guilt. So ah, there's fear. Yes. So the fear, what you talk about is, oh, my God, this technology it can do what I can do. Will my boss need me anymore? Yeah. Uh, it could write. It could write my emails. It could write this report. It can analyze this report. Will my boss need me? Mm. So that's one. That's one side. But the other side, which is sort of the guilt, which people don't really talk about, but I talk. I hear this a lot. Is when people use this technology, they say to me, "I feel like I'm cheating." Mm. And so they say that you know what they can. What would take them used to be an hour. They can now do it in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Now they feel that the, somehow that's wrong. And yeah. so I, what I say to them is this. Uh, in that situation, when people say to me, uh, express this thing, say, okay, say you have a report you have to do. 
and you don't have time to do it, but you delegate it to someone who works for you. Yeah. So you delegate it, you tell them exactly what to do. They do it, they give it back to you. Then what do you do? You review it, make sure that it met everything you expected, and then you hand it in. Now with the AI, instead of delegating it to a subordinate, you delegate it to a technology. Mm-hmm. Is that cheating? I don't think so. I think that's using the tools properly. It's using the efficiency properly. And um, it's being smart. And it's because that is the new level playing field because yeah. people are doing that. You can choose not to do that. You can feel guilty or you can feel afraid. Mm-hmm. Whatever you choose to feel that you choose to want to hold you back from leveraging this technology, just know that your competition is. Yes. Your competition is being more productive. Your competition is getting better insights. Your competition is saving money on lawyers, on marketing, on financial stuff. All this stuff where you're spending this money because you feel afraid, you feel guilty. So it's it's your it I think it's business's choice to do that, but I think it is a huge mistake not to move forward. So I, I imagine this, it's like it's a race. Imagine your company or you are in a race and everyone's already running. They're all running and you're just waiting to start running this race. Now, the longer it takes you to start running this race, it makes it even harder for you to catch up all the time you wait. And then once you start running, you're still going to be behind. Yes, You're not going to catch up to them. So you got to start running now. And how do, how does somebody start running who doesn't use this technology, who's unaware of it? You got to just start playing with it. Just because you use it doesn't mean that it's, um, you, you should just try testing it and leveraging it. And you should always try to see how it can help you. Now, there are a lot of companies out there that say, no, you cannot use this. Uh, and for good reason, because uh, if you don't know how to use it properly, you could put your company at risk. You can yes. put yourself at risk. If you share proprietary information, that's bad. Yes. If you share personal information, that's bad. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that you can do that are bad, which is, again, part of the fear and scared and being scared. But then if your company doesn't allow you to do it, then you should practice it at home and right. use something and not company information or try to figure out use cases that you can use that your company might approve and go to the attorney and say, okay, well, I'm going to write a blog post. I'm going to create social media. Nope, nothing proprietary, no personal information. Can I do this? You should be able to. Yes. I mean, practice makes perfect. I mean, I've been using it for a while and I actually used it to edit my book. And what I found is, you know, I have dyslexia. Sometimes I can get phrases in the wrong way. And of course, you know, um, spelling and grammar is one of those things that also decides to go and do something different. And so I gave the book uh, chapter by chapter to AI. It did not change the essence of what I wrote. It didn't even change many of the words I wrote. What it did is it tidied it up and compacted it in a way where and reordered it in a way that made sense where I wasn't. So I found that it it has um, it's been a godsend for me in many ways because of the many of the stuff that I have to write. And what I do is I compare what I've written to what it's written. And I've, I have not lost my voice. What it's done is extended yeah. my voice. 
articulated my voice in, in a way that is perhaps deeper and more rounder. So it takes, it gets to know you, right? right. It gets to know you and it knows how to take the essence of me and duplicate that in a way that's more refined. And, you know, yeah. when somebody is giving somebody, I would, I would like you to, to write this up. Uh, here's a gist of it. You've still got to have the information. And then what yeah. you're doing is giving it to AI to refine or to detail or emphasize on, and which you can instruct it to do. But you've still got to give it some content to do that with. Exactly. And I think that's it. And I think part of the reason why people have challenges with this technology is because we have been trained on Google. And on Google, we've all been trained to just put in a couple of keywords mm -hmm. and then you just scroll and click, scroll and click. Now with ChatGBT, when it came out, the context window looks exactly like the Google context window. So when people first started using ChatGBT, they kind of used the same sort of keywords that they used in Google. Mm -hmm. And the content you get was very generic or not very helpful and not very good. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think you saw a lot of people try it and then a lot of people stop. And I think the, the way I think that people need to approach this technology in an actually an exact opposite way they mm -hmm. approach Google. Where Google is, you know, keywords, whatever. But with this, uh, whether it's ChatGPT, Google Bard, Co Microsoft Copilot, or Perplexity AI, or Claude—I mean, there are a whole bunch of them. Mm -hmm. The way you got to approach it is you have to be really thoughtful. Yes, you have to really think about what you want. And we've been trained so much not to think, not to be <laughs> critical thinkers in this that it's kind of hard for people, but you need to be, whereas Google, I'd say, is more reactive. You react to what they give you. Mm -hmm. You can't really do that with this technology. You need to be proactive. You need to think about context. Yes. You need to think about how you want it. And the way that I talk to people about how to do it is, similar to what I was talking about earlier, is you have to almost anthropomorphize this technology. You got to imagine it's like a, a person, mm -hmm. but imagine it's a person that's remote that it is they're working for you a remote worker and it's their first day on the job so if you think about that remote worker first day on the job and they could pretty much do anything you ask them to do mm -hmm. now it shifts to you it shifts to how do you get this remote worker to give you what you need so it really is how good of a communicator are you? Yes. How good of, of a manager are you? You right. have to manage this. Mm -hmm. Are you good at giving instructions? Do you really understand what you want? Because if you do that, it could pretty much deliver anything that you want, but it's really incumbent on you to delineate it and identify how what you want, how you want it, and it'll do it. But articulate it, it right yes. I, I mean if i can ask it a question and it'll come out and it's very interesting but if i've written something and i put it in the at the beginning part write in my voice then yeah. i put the content in so it knows it wants uh, it i want it to duplicate what i am saying but just refine it so that way i'm not losing my voice i'm not losing the essence of what i'm saying it's just enhancing it 
right? But if I didn't yeah. put that in front there, or if I put in there, what do you think? Or I'm looking for information on this, then it's going to give me that. It needs instruction. And you've got to yeah. be very mindful of what your instruction is. Exactly. Mindful is exactly right. And that's also kind of how I came about writing the book. Mm -hmm. Too many hats, too little time. Because when I was first learning how to prompt this, uh, you, one of the ways they tell you to come up with an ideal prompt is you need to give it a role. Mm -hmm. So uh, you are a top copywriter. You are a lawyer. You are a chief marketing officer. So then you put in the context and the instructions. And I thought, well, I wonder if I were to name this uh, chief marketing officer and give it some skills in a background, will this persist throughout the chat? And it did. So I'm mm -hmm. like, well, that's really interesting. I've created a chief marketing officer now. Then I say, okay, what if I create a lawyer that went to Harvard with all these great skills that are expert in this type of problem I'm having uh, and name it? Will this lawyer persist throughout the chat? And it will. Mm -hmm. Then I thought, does the CMO and the lawyer, if I ask them questions, will they both persist and can they handle that? and they could answer my questions and still persist. And then I said, I wonder if I give them a problem, if they can kind of debate it among themselves and give me what they feel is the best case solution. And I saw that they can. Then I started talking to people like, look at what this thing can do. Yes. Isn't this exciting? And nobody really kind of understood what I was talking about because this was back in April, mm -hmm. uh, March or April. I'm like, I'm gonna write a book about it. I'm going to tell people how to create these AI personas, how uh, a small business such as myself, I created an entire executive team. I created a CEO, a CFO, a CMO, a head publicist, a trainer, um, you know, head of AI, head of all this stuff. And then I loaded them all up. And then I can, when I have something to work on, uh, I shoot it to all of them. I say, answer in your expertise. They do. And they give me guidance. And so, uh, that's how I, I run my little business. And that's how I think solopreneurs and sol uh, small businesses where you don't want to have to pay X amount for marketing or you want to yeah. have to pay that lawyer X amount of hours. You can cut your lawyer bills probably about 80% because uh, when you're looking at a contract, you can create a bunch of these AI personas uh, with law experience and have them go section by section on a contract and say, what, what do I need to know here? What are the gotchas? What are the questions I should have to follow up? And then give me a list of all that. And then you take the contract, you take this output and you give it to your lawyer. And instead of them starting at one, they're starting pretty much at 80% done. Yes. And then they have the number of hours done. And there you go. You've saved it. You saved them out the money to buy the book. Buy the book <laughs> so you can learn how to do it. How about that? It, it goes so much further. Um you're saving the lawyer time, which means you're also saving your pocketbook because you're not having wasting so much time trying to articulate what you need. You're going in there with A, B, C, D, E, F. And now the lawyer can go through that. Yes, this we need to address that. We need to address that. You, you know, you don't need to. It, it hones in what they need to do. So it takes a burden off their plate as well. Right. Yeah. And it, and it increases, you know, we all know that lawyers take time. Yes. It, it decreases their turnaround time. So instead exactly. of waiting a week, two weeks, maybe you can get it in three days. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? Who oh, exactly, want that? exactly. Because let's say that the one thing we all have in common is time, but how we use that time 
you know, is, is very different. And as a solopreneur, as I said, I wear many hats and some of those hats are extremely wobbly. They're not my forte. I have to wear right. them, but they're not my strength. And so, you know, asking AI a question, you know, I have a dilemma. What do you think? It's amazing what they come back with. And it's, uh, and it really is like having a conversation with somebody that sometimes, you know, you, you don't want to have a conversation with someone else because it's your problem. You don't really want to share it. Or you know that it's going to become about their problem, not your problem. Right. And AI is very, very good at problem solving. You know, the other advantages that I've heard many people using it for is people that are suffering from anxiety or overload or even depression. You know, they're talking to AI and AI is speaking back to them in a way that is not only rational, logical, but comforting. And they feel that they're being heard where they don't want to burden other people with it because they don't want to burden them, but they feel they're Uh being heard. A hundred percent. And with, and I talk about this in the book, you can program the tones mm-hmm. of, of the persona. So like my CEO, I made a very authoritarian, mm-hmm. so authoritative in terms of how they deal with that. But you can have uh, other ones that are be more instructional. Yes. Uh, my trainer, I give them an instructional personality. So you can look at that. And I guess in the situation of sort of a wellness coach, you can, um, you know, make it uh empathetic to an extent like you know echo back be uh echo back what you hear and Mm -hmm. follow up and say you know give a wording of support i mean there's so many ways it loves you know what do you think because they you know i kind of i'm a universal downloader of wisdom so this is why it's called self-discovery wisdom we've all got wisdom right at our fingertips and it's, uh, it's, it's that knowingness that we all have, that instinct, that intuitiveness, that gut response, what everybody wants to call it. And that wisdom is that clarity to actually understand the knowledge that is in front of us and how to use it. Right. And I say it's kind of that universal knowledge, just ready, ready to come to you when you ask for it. AI is that earthly knowledge. It's an accumulative of earthly knowledge that is doing the same thing it's there ready for you to ask the right question to give you yeah. the answer you need in your now and i look at it as a great companion in that sense because you know um who do i turn to for this i don't know who to ask on this i don't want to appear stupid ask ai yeah. it doesn't treat you as stupid at all and it will give you and you go aha of course right because it's yeah. very rational <laughs> Yeah. And even to what you're talking about before with people with anxiety or people mm. nervous about going into a meeting where you have the agenda, you can create these AI personas to replicate maybe the, the critical conversation you need to have with somebody. Yeah. Uh, so you can imbue the, the person that you know you can talk to. You can kind of create their persona, who they are, what they are, and kind of replicate that and role mm-hmm. play that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in addition, like say you go into a meeting with some colleagues you know each of their background, you know each of their perspectives on different things, and you load up the agenda and say, let's have a mock meeting yeah. and let's go through these things. And so now you go into this meeting and now you're uber prepared. Yes. So you go in and you'll be like, okay. And so, and the other thing is you can feel more confident going yeah. into this because you've, you've gone through it a couple of times, you've role played it and you did it to the best of your ability and you looked at all the different angles and it's sort of like... um uh, a way to go into it already feeling like a winner because you can whatever angle or what you want to get out of a meeting 
you can continue to role play until you're successful. And the, but the other point is you've got a presentation, you have a speech to give, right? right? And you don't want to go on, you want to be engaging. You know, you can give that content of what you want to speak out to AI and it will come back with suggestions. You can go back and forth with AI until you've honed in a speech that you really feel is coming from you. It doesn't look like you're reading it or you've rehearsed it, that it is the essence of you because AI has worked with you to hone it down into a, a thing where you go, yeah, this is me because nobody wants to hear a speech from you. They want to hear how you feel and how you think. So they want to know it's the essence of you, right? right. So that's the difference of how people are going to listen to you or not listen to you. So actors, anybody learning a role, right? It's, you know, you can have AI use the other parts where you can rehearse. There's so I, many applications. And, and I actually, I actually did that. So I was, uh, uh, my kid, my son wrote a movie script in which he wanted me to play a particular part. And he's like, dad, you got to be prepared. So I loaded, <laughs> I loaded up to the script and then I used chat GBT, the voice, the voice. And I, and I said to it, okay, go through the script, correct me if I, um, miss a word, otherwise give the next word line. Mm. So then I kept going through it. And that's how I kind of rehearsed through the script. Uh, just talking to this thing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's amazing. And, and back to your point about a presentation, what you can do is you can leverage the uh, chat GPT. It's got this thing called vision where you can take a picture of a PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. So say, you know what you're going to say, you got a picture of the yes. PowerPoint yes. and you know what you're going to say. And you can load that in and say, okay, here's the audience. This is what I present. What's your reaction? And yeah. so you can you can kind of, so you can use And you this know sort there's of, going to be no malice. There's going to be no agenda, right? right, you know, right. It's not in competition with you. It's It, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, not like you or like you. It's just going to give you. It's accumulated wisdom that it's a, right. that it's had. I mean, that's what is AI. It is millions and trillions of information that is being out there, that is being collected and sorted in a way that now serves us. Right, exactly. 100%. And um, in, in another way in terms of this is you don't necessarily, you can create uh, these personas or personalities that challenge could, so you can create not malicious, but once it just challenge you say, you know what, that's nice, but where's the money in this or where's the cost saved? So anything you say, you can program and say, okay, where's the money? Where, how does this generate revenue? So, you know, some people think, you know, they've got these grand ideas, but then it helps you to focus. Yes. So these, you know, you create these uh, personas that basically say, okay, that's nice. But how do we make money with this? Right. And then they keep, they keep, you can program it to have it constantly iterate until they feel satisfied that, okay, that makes sense. And it's not just restricted to words. Um, I noticed that my logo that I used to have, it had a tree in it because it's a, the orchard of wisdom ready for, for picking. And I noticed somebody else had that tree. So I knew I had to change it. And so we, we gave that tree to, um, chat gt and said create something you know like this that is you know for me uh rear re podcast and it came out with something really nice and uh, then we thought okay my daughter said add a microphone to it so people know that it is about podcasting and it was just like amazing all the options that it came up with and i ended up with two for my two different platforms and right. then kind of just elaborated a wee bit on them but it's like that's unique to me now
that is totally right. unique because it will not duplicate that anywhere else. And that's what's nice about it. And uh, I'm still learning how to use it. I haven't kind of got into the speaking to it. I know there's so much more. My my son-in-law knows so much more. And so we right. actually haven't had time to kind of, we keep saying we're going to have time, but he has two babies. <laughs> so it's finding time. Um, I'm going to be moving there soon. So uh, I, I'll have more time to do the tutorial and learning on it. But he and I can talk about AI and the advantages of tech and all of that, because we're interested. My daughter isn't interested at all. So he's got someone to talk right. to. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Creator. I have not. It is a really good movie. Um, I saw it last year in England when I was there in October. And it's it's basically a, a, a Android AI bots immersed in with society, kind of humanoids, right? Something goes wrong, millions of people die. And so now America, of course, is going to annihilate and kill all the bots. And they're living in one place quite happily. And there is a scene there where, you know, American soldier has a gun, you know, to a kid's head. And she says afterwards, you know, they have more heart than you do. And that's the thing. If people think that they can't have heart or consciousness, how can we feed them with so much information without a sense of consciousness coming into them? So what what is the exact question on that? Well, the consciousness, so you know, um, well, you I know, think people it, are scared they're going to feel or they're going to take us over, you know, and I know that the chip is coming where they all want to chip right. us. Don't get chipped, folks. Don't, because well, that is a control thing. But but where do you see the consciousness of AI being? So so it's interesting. So I, I heard this thing the other day. It's called the, um, it kind of explains AI in a way that makes it seem uh understand the consciousness thing and sort of the the reasoning mm -hmm. and right once it has reasoning and it can explain its reasoning then that's sort of conscious but until that happens so for example right now the the example i heard the other day is um there's a man in a in in a room and he has rules to the chinese language but he doesn't know anything about chinese and through a little door he gets underneath uh, a request he looks at it he looks at all the rules and then he responds back mm -hmm. so that's sort of like what chat gbt is mm -hmm. you it slips it in it has all these rules slips it back but this man doesn't know anything about chinese he just has all the rules now you've got another guy who actually is chinese who understands it he gets it and then he spits it back he understands it but it's the same information. Mm. So one is conscious, the other mm. one's following rules. Right. So the only way really to understand the consciousness is you give them both scribble pads mm. and you give the, the man who's following rules his scribble pad as to why he's making these decisions versus the man who speaks Chinese, why he's making the decisions. And when you look at the scribble pad, that's the consciousness, that's the thinking. Versus mm -hmm. following the rules. Well, the, the man who doesn't speak Chinese said, okay, well, it said I have to do this. So that's what I did. It said I had to do this. I did that. The other one said, okay, well, he asked me this question. So this is what I thought. So I responded. So it's once you're able to kind of see the scribble pad of yeah. the system and understand the reasoning, because right now there isn't any reasoning. And that is why this systems hallucinate mm. because it isn't 
thinking about it. It's just generating content. It's right. just generative. That's why it's called generative AI. It generates this content, but it's not checking itself as it creates it. What it wants to do is answer and please you and answer the questions. So that's what it is. Do you that's think how I answer it. Do you think we will get to that stage, though, where it yeah, that they, they, yeah, they say it's uh, what is it, artificial general intelligence. There's like a clock on that thing, like yes. it's it's coming. It's coming. I have to imagine that it's going to probably come sooner than we expect. Yes. But uh, and I think that's scary because you do, certainly don't want these systems to be smarter than us but they will be they already are yes like in terms of handwriting recognition reading writing all these things they are these systems can already do stuff they're an encyclopedia right they're, you know they've got yeah. all the knowledge we can't con we can't contain all that knowledge right yeah so the the only way people can win against the ai in the future so they uh there was a study done i think on chess saying that a man against an ai AI always wins forever. AI will never beat the AI. However, an AI plus a man can beat the AI because yes. you've got the creativity and you've got the uh, methodology and the intelligence. The two of them together will always be just an AI by itself. Was that so those... War Games? Tic-tac-toe? Yeah, no. <laughs> the movie going back to the 80s yes, where the computer right. was the size of a block. <laughs> uh, that's right. The Whopper. The, the Whopper, that was it's called. Was, oh, right. Yes, of course. Yes. And, and and how they beat it in the end was tic-tac-toe. Yes, that's right. You learned that uh, sometimes the best move is never to play at all. Right. I think that's the... Yeah. We are going into this world and there's no if, and, and, but, you know, it's out of the bag and it's going to evolve. And again, it's up to us what we do with it. There comes the big word ethics, right? You know, before we started the show, I, I talked about scammers and things like this, and they're getting so um, sophisticated now. And I bet many of them use AI in order to present and make an illusion. And it really is now us buyer beware, do your due diligence when you're working with people before any contracts change hands, money change hands, you know, literally look at the person if you can't be there, zoom it, you want identification shown. And and I think today we're not so offended by that. If somebody said, can you show me your passport next to your picture, you know, or your ID, um, because there are so many sophisticated scams today that obviously for those that are unscrupulous, they're gonna use AI in that way. And AI has certain amount of protection in there and how it uses it. But of course it can be manipulated with information as well. So with everything, there is always going to be a negative. Um, and that is try and put yourself only with the positive vibes and not with the negative people. A lot of that is what you're putting out, right? And, and what comes right. back at you. So we are going to have to be careful because whenever we're given something that makes life easier, there's always a cost to it. And the cost is our due diligence. The cost is our own conscience and how we use it. And it's like, okay, now, you know, I can replace Tilly. I don't need her anymore. But could I instead find something else for Tilly to do in, in the business that she's actually good at um, yeah. that she couldn't do before because she was doing this role? So it's just, I think in a lot of ways, all this technology is freeing us up to kind of discover deeper and you know more profound gifts that we have 
that because we're trying to earn a living and we just go and do a job, you know, and pay the rent and all of that, that we've sold ourselves short in many ways. And so technology is freeing us up to explore more options. A hundred percent. It's like going through your email and finding out what's spam and deleting that. You aren't going to have to do that manually anymore. Figuring out uh, scheduling meetings, that that's going to go away. A lot of the repetitive, mm. uh, soul-draining tasks that people have done, eventually that will go away. And then people can focus on being creative and driving value and, and using their time in other ways. All the stuff that we kind of hate to yes. do, that's, that's um, going to be automated. And uh, while... Some of us, we, it, it's a love-hate, like, I hate it, but you know what, this is, I'm doing my job, this is what I'm supposed to do, but when that gets taken away, you're like, oh my God, now what am I going to do? Yeah. Now now I have to step up, now I need to be creative, now I got to drive some extra value, so I think that's also a scary thing for all this technology. But exciting but it, too, exciting it too, is. we're pushing our it, own limits. Yeah, no, I think that in some ways, you know what, our people, we are going to really have to push critical thinking. Mm. Critical thinking, keeping the human in the loop is going to be what's important going forward. Yeah, I think it'll be very easy in some ways, just, oh, just let it do it. You know, let the systems run ahead. But I work with a data scientist and he says, there's no way it'll ever get more than 90% right all the time. Mm. So the 10%, that 10% could be the most important 10% of your company, of your business. So you always, always need to have a human in the loop. Always look at it before it goes out because it can make mistakes and it does make mistakes. I mean, Sam Altman, who's the CEO of OpenAI, I was talking to Bill Gates the other day, he said that these hallucinations, he says it's a feature. He mm. said, we make this system so it can generate new content. And sometimes it's not true, but that's the, the, the beauty of it because it can create new and interesting information. Yeah. And so he was saying this hallucination, I, I think it, he was just spinning, but he said the hallucinations are a feature. Mm. And so... Well, I think we are so much more than what we've been allowed to be. I mean, let's look 20 years, let's look 40 years, 100 years on how much we've evolved. Now, you know, technology has taken us into a totally different world. And I mean, for me, I started doing podcasting at 57. When I was asked to join somebody else's podcast network, I didn't even know what a podcast was. And that first show I did, which was live, I pressed all the wrong buttons. And since then, I've had to learn how to edit. I've, I've had to learn how to do everything, all of the has. Do I do all of them well? No. Um, but I know how to do them basically. And there's some things I'm completely still challenged on. Would I like to have something that can step in and do that for me? Yes, I would. Then it allows yeah. my creativity to expand more without being bogged down in the, in the details that have to be done in order for the creativity to come out. And uh, yes, I would love that. Um, But again, I think there's always the moral compass. You know, we are lazy beings in many ways that if we can get somebody else or something else to do it for us. But instead, what we seem to be doing as technology has freed us up in some ways, what we seem to do is take on more stuff to fill in more time. Maybe this technology is freeing us up to give ourselves more time 
more time yeah. to to really review our own life to actually be in touch with ourselves to explore personal things and so that we can bring that personal joy back into the work we do instead of taking something else on that's just going to load us up even more right i mean you know it's a philosophical question like mm. say you have a company and say you your employees uh, you can sh give them the amount of work they get done in five days. Say they now can get it done in four days. Yeah. Um, are you going to, you have a choice then. Are you going to give them more work to do to fill out five days? Or do you give them a three-day weekend and yeah. just, uh, you know, celebrate humanity yes. and, you know, em empower them, keep them happy or... Um, so there are a lot of different ways to look at this. I mean, mm. some companies will look to, uh, okay, now you can do this in four days. I've got more work to come in, but we yeah. don't need this extra person anymore mm. because now we you, you can do it all. You, you three can do now the job of four people, so we don't need the fourth person. So, you know, whenever I take a project on, that's the first thing I tell the clients that I will not take an assignment in which the goal is to let people go. I will only take projects in which you want to, uh, you know, improve and accelerate the productivity to make you more efficient because all the companies I deal with, they've got a huge list of tasks that they can never get to. Right. So my goal is to help them get to that list. Yes. You know, you have and not eliminate this... people along the way. Right. <laughs> Let's get this, you know, and now with this technology, you have so much content that can be created. Mm -hmm. And now people know that you can provide information on anything in terms of all the things about your product. So make sure you can answer all those questions. Yes. Make sure that you have a thorough, comprehensive website and your product and your FAQs are fully elaborated and you can provide like full information on just about anything. And if you choose not to, shame on you because your competition yes. will see that as an opportunity to do that. So I see this as an opportunity for content rich moving forward where we know a lot more about everything and what we'll know about it will be personalized yes so the information that you get mm -hmm. will be different than the information i get so whether it's using the images that will be a little bit different that they'll be auto generated and the images that i get that are associated with and how they address me is different than how they address you um but you need to do that because we need to. The nirvana for marketing is one-to-one -one marketing. Yes. Market to the right person at the right time of, uh, uh, with the, the right price and all that other stuff. Yes. In theory, this can be done. Now, do you will a company choose to do that? That's their choice. But I think that companies that choose to do that will reap the financial uh, rewards of that. So, Every customer wants to feel that you are speaking to them and their needs and you're not a number next, right? Exactly. Every and, the, and a company that treats you as a valued customer and they really want to be of service to you and and your success is, is their prime opterate. It's important to have that in business because otherwise we feel like a number and we just go next to the next person that's going to treat us like a human being, right? The other exactly. side of it is when you have human beings working for you, and now you suddenly say to them, you know, your week's work is already done. Yes, we could start on next week. But how about tomorrow everybody comes in and we have a luncheon and we all get to know each other on a personal level? Or how about yeah. if you do the same next week, you take a three-day weekend. You can alternate what you do with that extra day. 
or you can make it, you know, we, we're going to have a training program even further on, on the AI and how to use it even more. But be inclusive. When you have happy staff, you will have happy clients and you will have more productivity. So the more of the mundane that is done for them, the background stuff that is done for them, the more productive they can be in serving the client. 100%. I, I totally agree with that. I think it's about respecting. It's about yes. respect. Yes. It, it, it's, it's about, you know, and I think that, you know, the AI, if you have a culture with this future of AI, you can have a culture, a workplace culture that's sort of soulless and cold because mm. we're going to move from an intuitive decision-making to data-driven decision-making. Right. So that's number one. You're going to have... Uh, people being somewhat we've surveilled. We've seen how those movies work. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're going to have people being surveilled, yes. surveyed uh, to some of, in not necessarily in a uh, a bad way, although it, it could be evasive of privacy. But saying, you know, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. So then you can kind of design a uh, career tracks for you. Okay, well, this is how you're doing. Here's some training that you might need. So we're looking at what you. The system's looking at what you're doing. Okay, you're not doing a great job on the, you're doing a great job on X, but not Y. Oh, yeah. Here's some special training on Y, and also okay, look at okay. Here's some career pathing for you based on how you are tracking. Uh, it could be career pathing for you and give you uh, the mentorship AI mentorship to mm -hmm. kind of guide you to achieve your goals. So it could be soulless and kind of lack of empathy, but it could also be empowering. So I think it's just a matter of how. Uh, People choose to look at it in, in terms of what you're talking about and in terms of how the organization chooses to leverage it. Are they leveraging it to just get efficiency or are they looking to try to give their uh, associates a meaningful, mm -hmm. uh, create a meaningful workplace with uh, interactions that make a richer company culture or are they just looking at the bottom line? I mean, I think there needs to be realistically a balance Yes. Uh, you want the efficiency, but you also want a rich culture where people are happy and feel um, needed. And, um, and that will give you, you know, a better bottom line. It will give you a better bottom yes. line. And it'll, it makes, you know, to me, I think working is, it's, it's your community, right? Yes. You spend, in theory, more time with these people than you do with your family or yeah. friends. So you want to create a rich community that is one in which people can feel valued and I they think don't that's want important. to go they want to be loyal to the company because they feel the company is loyal to them they feel they can grow within it or that you know if they don't if they're not seeking that top uh, top ladder there they're very happy to be where they are but they feel that what they've contributed is appreciated right and everybody yeah. wants to know they're appreciated and if nobody knows who you are and the work that you've done and nobody cares then it's like a soulless work but when you feel seen and heard and you feel that you're a part of something the work family and everybody sees and appreciates each other then it just makes coming to work something joyful and you want to be productive you want to be creative you want this company to succeed further and you bring that same enthusiasm and joy to all your right. customers and so it is a totally win-win um, a few years ago, I did a, a whole series of our global environment, of the environment for change, where we have to actually change the way we think before we can change climate change. Uh, we have to change the way we think. And there is one guy, Pure Necessity. It's, it's about people, planet. 
for profit, not profit at the expense of people and planet, which we have seen in the past 30 years. Right. Look where it's got us, right? right. It's become soulless. We're, we're in the deficit, you know, heart, soul, spirit, and financially, and most certainly uh, when we look at our environment. And if we do not invest in our people, we do not invest in the resources from our planet, and if we do not invest in the equipment that's going to make everything run more smoothly, we're going to be ending up, you know, at dire straits, which we're seeing evidence of right now. So AI is something that becomes a tool, a friend, uh, a resource for someone to do a better job where they really do feel that they're being able to step up and contribute. And if it frees up any time, then use that time wisely where people can get to know each other within the company and be, and feel that they're a part of the family. It will always spill over to the client, always. It will always spill over into production because when people enjoy what they do and they do it with pride, they're going to do it well. Yeah, 100% agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> AI is a wonderful tool. Again, get into a car, drive it like a maniac, you're going to kill someone. Drive it wisely, it can be a wonderful, exhilarating experience. It's up to you how you use it. And a lot of people are petrified of it. And let's face it, yes, they showed pictures of Donald Trump and Biden, you know, camping together, you know, friends together and all of this. And they're showing just, you know, how AI can fool us. Yes, there's always discernment. There is always validate something. But again, maybe validate the people that you're working with as to understanding the ethics of who they are. Because if something doesn't smell right, please pay attention to that, right? So it's whom you do business with. They'll always be, be the people that yeah. are going to use it wrong. But if you have raised your own conscious elevation, you're going to attract the right people. And you're going to serve the right people, and that isn't going to come into the equation. Don't be afraid of AI. Be cautious. I call two types of fear. Common sense fear. Don't step out in front of a bus. It's going to flatten you. And then there's the other fear. I'm afraid, and I don't know why, and it's crippling me. And it's like, right. look at that fear. The common sense fear is little hairs on the back of the leg. Common sense, don't do it. The other fear is face it. All it is is the unknown. The more you discover and the more you know, the less fearful you are. So before you judge AI and everything that it can do, right? Look at everything it can do for you and how it can benefit you. It's all your approach. Remember, it can't give you anything back until you give it something to give back. Exactly. That, I, again, agree. 100% agree <laughs> with what you're saying. But we do, need <laughs> we do need guidance on it. And this is what your book is about, is like how to take the hats off, how to, where, and where to use AI, how to use it in a way, again, ethical, in a way that is enhancing your productivity. There we go. Too many hats. Um, and yeah, I mean, and most certainly the, we, we, we have more either solo or small entrepreneur groups today, I think, than we have corporations. You know, it's a massive right. amount of people out there. Many people have left organizations uh, and, you know, uh, corporations to start their own business, bringing what they know over there and wanting to do things with more of a conscious heart, you know, more efficacy there. And, but they need those kind of corporate tools that only corporate could afford. AI now is affordable to everyone. 
right? And it's not, you know, there's the, the echelon that have it. Everybody has ha ha hands on it. And it's get to know it. Get chat GTT, whichever one you want. And Microsoft has it too. WordPress even has it too. Uh, find one that you feel, you know, is in synergy with you in easy to use. Start a conversation with it. Ask it some yeah. questions. Get to know it because you will then reduce that fear level and you'll start seeing the benefits from yeah. it. Yeah, the way to address that is whenever you're doing something, something new, just try it to see how AI would handle it. Yeah. And what the response is, then go about doing how you would do it. So you can just say, okay, I'm doing this. Let's see how this would deal with it. So each time you're doing different situations, like I was trying to figure out an Excel formula the other day, I just kind of put it in there. I'm like, oh, it just wrote it for me. What would have taken me probably in an hour yeah. to do it? It banged out for me in about a minute. Yes. So it's like, oh, that's, oh, I didn't know it could do such things like exactly. that. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, it'll constantly amaze you, whether it's with uh, images, uh, you know, Microsoft things like Excel or Word or what, whatever you want. Uh, now that you even have ones that will create PowerPoint presentations for you, just give a couple of words. So yeah. Um, yeah. And my my son-in-law actually decided to kind of play around with it. And so he took my voice and he took a, a mimic voice of his and he did a three and a half minute audio of me interviewing Colonel, Cust uh, Colonel Mustard on condiments and the importance of mustard. And it was absolutely hilarious. And it sounds completely like me. And of course, he came over to Professor Mustard and it was hilarious and it was so well done. And, and that's the, you know, the thing you can have fun with it. You can use it. You know, people got this Snapchat. Why do people like Snapchat? Because the people are making idiots of themselves. Well, if you can put out little snippets of things that are fun, you know, representing right. your business. I mean, just get creative, get creative, have some fun with it yeah. as well. Right. I, I agree. And that's one of the things this technology is good at it, being creative and also great at brainstorming. Think about yeah. things totally different ways than you typically have in the past. So that's that's the power of this technology. It's here to stay. It ain't going here anywhere. To stay. Ain't and as you anywhere. said, if you're in business and you're not using it, at some point you will be left behind. It's like with me, I only did audio for the first five years. And they said, you've got to do Zoom. My first response was, who wants to watch this old bag? Then followed after that was, it's not about you, it's about the content, right? So you right. thought, now I'm going to go on up on Roco TV, even scarier, right? But you have to evolve if you want to you know, be relevant in whatever business you're in. AI is an extraordinary tool that can do so much for you. Get to know it. Get to know it. Hire someone to help you understand it, right? And incorporate it into your business. You'll actually end up finding you'll be using it in your personal life. And you'll find there's so many avenues that you can use it where it can be something that's really supportive of you, of you personally and of you in your business. So it's here to stay. You may as well make friends with it. Exactly. Make friends. I love it. <laughs> how do people, A, get hold of the book? And also if somebody has a business that goes, how can you help me, Michael? What, uh, what are you offering them in their business? All right. So uh, you can find the book on Amazon. It's right up there. Too many hats, too little time. I'll put in Goldrich and you'll, you'll see it there and you can order it through Kindle or paperback. And to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me through my company, vivanderadvisors.com or vivander.com, and it'll get direct there. And I can help uh, your companies a number of different ways, through education, through training, through upskilling. 
uh, of doing AI transformations where I'm looking, uh, starting at the beginning and just looking at your overall organization and looking at the use cases and identify where the opportunities are at the pilot and then suggest two or three pilots per department. The other thing that I'm doing right now, um, two other things is I am working on companies and just, uh, I call it RevGen AI Ops, where it's very tactical. You go into the organization, it's only for about 10 hours a month. And what they do is they pull, the, they pull together marketing, they pull together sales, they pull together customer success. And, and as well as human resources and just make sure that the everyone's using the AI efficient, efficiently according to the policies, uh, they're updating and educating everybody in that as well. So um, that's the other thing uh, we're doing. So um, we're doing a lot of interesting things. So if you're interested in learning about any of this or about how to create these AI personas, just reach out to me. And so can you spell the name of your site again for those that are listening? Oh, Vivander, V-I-V-A-N-D-E-R, Vivander Advisors, A-D-V-I-O-S-O-R-S.com, VivanderAdvisors.com. And of course, VivanderAdvisors.com slash too many hats, too little time. And yes. of course, they can find it on Amazon. They can find you, uh, Michael Goldrich, on LinkedIn. But also on right. LinkedIn, you also have the um, the newsletter that people build, relationship newsletter. And uh, they can find you in all of those other ways as well. Exactly. Start with the book, folks. Read the book. Um, you know, take the fear hat off. Right, and go. I'm going to read the book. I'm just going to see how this could be an asset to my business. I don't know where it fits in. And then as right. you read the book, you can see how it can fit in. And then it's okay. I need a conversation with Michael on, on uh, where, you know, how to integrate this, how to train people. Because, yes, it does require a, a little knowledge. I'm still very much learning. And yes, I am challenged in certain areas because certain technology yes. is gobbledygook. And, but when you, somebody shows you how to use it, and it's just like, you can't buy a kettle today or a toaster today or anything today without new gadgets and buttons and something when you feel that you need a you know, computer right. degree in order to work it. So, yes, there's some learning curve to it. But once you get yes. to use it and you use it, then you really see the advantage of it. Now, you're going to give away a couple of PDFs to someone who um, emails you. So what would be your email? It's michael.goldrich at vivander.com. So michael.goldrich at vivander.com. Okay, so the first couple of people that reach out to him, he'll give you a PDF of the book and you can get going yeah. with that. And, uh, you know, it's help is here, right? Yes. We, you, you can't run away from this. It's here. Uh, if you don't adopt it, you know, you will be left behind because the tide is definitely like a tsunami moving forward. Right. Um, it's how to use it in a way that it is serving you protecting you, enhancing you, but also on that personal level, even supporting you. So yes. get to know AI. It's something that I really do like, and I'm learning even more and more about it. And very often, I just feel it's that assistant that that I don't have to explain. Do you know what I mean? I don't need to explain. Yeah. I just need to ask a stupid question. And it comes up with, a whole scenario of answers that it's like, how does it do that? Just from a two line question. <laughs> and it's quite amazing. Right. So, so people can get hold of you and, uh, yes. and reach out and to everyone else out there, please be willing to accept AI into your life. Do not be afraid of it. It's all a question of how you use it. 
And if you use it wisely, it's going to expand your whole universe. So thank you, Michael, and to everyone thank else you. out there. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.